Welcome to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And another special installment of Just Aaron and Paul Talk About a Comic Book. What? That's a great title, isn't it? <laughs> Aaron and Paul Talk About a Comic Book. I feel like that would be easier to find on, on search engines. <laughs> it probably would. <laughs> so uh, this we are recording on New Comic Book Tuesday. It's my new favorite day of the week. And, uh, you know, on New Comic Book Tuesday, DC Comics releases their new releases for the week. And this week we got Three Jokers, number two. And, Paul, I can't help but feel that Three Jokers, number two, should have had a scratch out through three and call it Batman Two Jokers, number two. Right. Because there's only two Jokers. (laughs) But I think that's the point. The Joker's trying to create a new Joker. Yeah, but there's, you know, I I feel like it's false advertising. There's only two real Jokers in the book. You know, I, 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 I think feel that, like they should have subtracted a third of the cover price as well. They go uh, done, done and done. Six ninety nine yeah, for this book. Uh, yeah, but you know, I gotta tell you, as good as this book is, and as good as the last issue was, I don't, I, I do not have a problem with that cover price. I don't, I don't. It I just mean, sets a precedent. It, it is fifty four pages of comics, by the way. Uh, it is that are expertly drawn by our friend Jason Fabok. I just. I, I, I got to tell you that the book is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Now, I do have, which is the Joker that died last time? Because we've got the comedian, we've got the criminal, we've got uh, the clown, the right? Clown. The clown is the one who died last time. The clown is the one who died last time. Because I get the clown and the comedian confused. Well, I think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paul, so Paul I've, I've, I've extolled the, the, some of the, uh, the virtues of this book. Tell me, Paul. Tell me. What did you think about Batman Three Jokers number two? Well, so I I will say, real quick, as you referred to Jason Fabok, um, if you follow him on Instagram, he's posting some images from Prime One Studio is doing a series of statues based off of his DC Trinity art. And they are gorgeous. Yeah, I've seen a few of those. Those are really, really nice. I can't wait to see how much they uh, price themselves out of my wallet. <laughs> I was about to say, because that's the thing about Prime One Studio. The the statues are generally in the hundreds of dollars. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I struggle. I struggle with paying, uh, you know, $300 for something like that. And I, $300 may be an underestimation. I just know they're very pricey. Right. Um, but, yes, uh Jason Fabok uh, is really the star of this book. His art is absolutely gorgeous. It it you know it's um it it's Watchmen inspired with you you know your nine panel pages, but you know also very much. In, you know you've got a Brian Bolland in there. You've got uh, it, it, it is also you you have Jason. Well, and Fabok's there's some, some Gary Frank as well, right? Absolutely. And I think that was, you know, that's one of the things that Jason Fabok, he, he kind of has a style that's a mix of Frank and um, Dave, David Finch. Mm-hmm. But still, uh, you know, I, Jason Fabok, when he was working on Justice League, quickly shot up to the top of my favorite comic book artists. Uh, sure. You know, for recent times. And this book tests him in a way that those other books didn't. Right, because mm-hmm. he has I, I would to. Agree. You know, he, he, this isn't about big splashy pages. This is about emotional impact and creepiness, and you well, certainly and, get a lot and, of both. 
and really some very tense, precise visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there's a scene where, you know, Red Hood comes up to uh, the condemned pool area where he's tracked the Jokers to, right? Yeah. And he, he approaches and he sees a lock on the door. You see him reach behind to grab something out of the, the, the back of his jacket and you realize it's a crowbar. And, you know, if you know anything about Red Hood, a crowbar is pretty damn significant, (laughs) you know, for Jason Todd to be walking around, you know, and he breaks that chain. And I mean, this is this is nine panels that you're getting. He breaks the chain, uh, goes through the door and you see the broken parts of the chain on the ground and it kind of forms a Joker smile. Yeah. I mean, and you're like, God, this is going to be bad. And that scene is just very tense and very creepy with very few words. Um, yeah, I mean, there's one there, there's one real word on the on the uh, there's one bit of dialogue on the panel, and it's just gotcha, and the rest of it's sound effects, right? I mean, it yeah. is it is a really beautifully drawn page, as all of these pages are, yeah. and there there is a huge amount of creep factor in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have a hard time liking Jason Todd. Um, I really enjoy the current run of Red Hood and the Outlaws, but it's not because of Jason Todd. It's because of all the characters around him. You know, I find Jason Todd to be really pretty unlikable. I thought Jeff Johns did something remarkable in the pages of this book is he made me give a shit about Jason Todd. Yeah, because I didn't like Jason Todd when he was Robin. Didn't I mean, this is awful to say, didn't care that when he was killed. As I think most people felt the same way when they, you know, pay, when they dialed into the nine seven six number to, uh, you know, have Jason, uh, you know, to call out a hit on Jason Todd with Jim Starlin. Um, but in the pages of this book, I cared about him, and I cared about him from a number of different perspectives. <clears throat> there is this wonderful scene between Batman and Batgirl, and Batgirl is pushing on Batman really hard about why didn't you do for. Jason, what you did for me, why didn't you help him become stronger? You know, and Batman makes that makes the case that, you know, after what happened with Joker, Barbara came back stronger. Jason didn't. He came back meaner, but he didn't come back stronger. And uh, he told Barbara, he said, Barbara says, I, I hoped he would be as strong as you were. You know, that he kind of Batman admits that he kind of screwed that up. Right. There's a, a strong case here, you know, that, that so much of what Jason has become, you know, he's so angry, he's so violent, he's so unhappy, is because he thought everyone gave up on him, right? You know, yeah. when, you know, the Bat family didn't know he was alive, right? They thought he was dead. Um, so, you know, you've got that piece of it. And then, you know, we, we and we've all kind of known some of this stuff, but it's really brought home when he reconnects with Barbara later on and, you know, he talks about how, I mean, it literally talks about how he felt. And I just, I, Jeff Johns just did a remarkable job making me care about Jason Todd. And it really won me over in the pages of this book. Whereas I've always felt like Jason Todd's just kind of an asshole. And why do I care about this guy? You know, and much ado was made about the, there's a scene in this book where, you know, uh, Ble- Bleeding Cool has been talking for months about how controversial the end of um, 
Three Jokers Part 2 would be because of a scene between Barbara and Jason. And it's much ado about nothing. Uh, right. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I, I, that clickbaitness of, of the Bleeding Cool articles really kind of annoys me because, sure, it's so just spoiler warnings on, they do kiss, but it's a brief moment of weakness between the characters or a connection between two damaged characters, and then it's it's a blip. They move on. Right. Yeah. And so the, the fact that so much was made of it, I, I honestly expected to, to leave this book angry because that was the impression that that article gave me, that you're <laughs> going to be pissed about the ending of Three Jokers Part 2. And then I read it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it seemed to I mean, it worked within the moment, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, so prior to that moment, Joker take the, the two remaining Jokers um, after infecting a whole bunch of naked people <laughs> um, in a very in a very effective horrific scene uh, no trunks loud in the pool paul <laughs> um take jason hostage and beat the shit out of him with a crowbar because what they're trying to do is they're trying to create another joker and they they, they realize at some point that they even comment they're they're like we were hoping it was it was it would be you it might be you. It would have made so much sense. First you were Wood Hood, and then you were the Joker. But that's not in the card. That's not in the cards. Um, and at some point, they're like, put it simply, you're just not bright enough to be a Joker. And so, you know, it, it was. it's a good moment. And he's naked. And, and But that's a callback to the killing joke, right? right. And, and Commissioner Gordon and Joker really has a thing for beating up naked people. Naked uh, men. <laughs> yeah yeah and so you know I, I think they they really did a good job in that sequence and this was very much jason's issue um it, it, almost to the expense of batman batman doesn't have a lot of moments in this book but he does have a moment where he realizes where where the clues lead him to pers- to find out or the clues lead him to confronting joe chill right and there's a brief moment that works surprisingly well in a comic where batman starts to talk and and clears his throat and then does it in in actual batman voice because right. he's still timid around he's Joe still Chill. a little boy around yeah. Joe chill yeah um no, it's a great scene and you know to be able to communicate that visually i mean you know, because you know you're communicating the sound you know the 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 the, the deep base of, of batman's voice to be able to communicate that visually was was superb. I mean, that's got to be really hard to be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really impressed because I knew exactly where they were going when they did it. And you know, so the the Joker has kidnapped Joe Chill at the end of the book, and you know he, he's filming him and he's, he he confronts him to say, uh, and I you know I'm not in front of the page, but basically. What can you tell me? Oh, why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne? Yeah. Joe Chill has cancer. He's 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 gonna die any moment now. And the Joker says, "Why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne?" And I, I think it's at that moment, and I could be wrong, but I think I have a theory of where this book is going. <laughs> um, I feel like there there's a comment in in this book that the Joker the Joker makes, uh, where he says, "I was around before Batman." Uh, this is the the criminal, the the original Joker is the criminal. I was around before Batman, and you know he he has created Jokers since, 
basically, you know, like almost, um, you know, he, he, and it sounds like the, the three Jokers in this book are not necessarily the only three Jokers that there have ever been. Right, there have been other Jokers that maybe have died along the years, but we certainly get the one who killed Jason Todd in this book, um, the one who who shot Barbara Gordon. It's hard to say if any, you know, which one of these was it. Maybe it was the one from the last book. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what we're going to find, and we'll see if I'm right, come issue three, is that the Joker hired Joe Chill to kill Bruce's parents in order to try to create a Joker, and ended up creating Batman instead. I feel mm. like that's where the story's going. Since the criminal was call. around before, he was a criminal. You know, he was he was a crime boss. I think you know, given this whole book has has been about him creating jokers. I feel like he was intending to create another Joker, perhaps tied to something in his youth, um, and instead created Batman. It's a good call. We'll see. You know, one one of the things that I feel like is missing in their attempt to create another, a third Joker. Do you notice all those guys were men, all those different mm-hmm. bodies. And I just kept thinking, well, I wonder if they're going to, you know, try it out on a woman next. And is Batgirl, you know, is, is that the person they try it on next? Yeah, you never know. We'll see an issue yeah. three. I, yeah. I hope. And here's the thing. Um, Jeff Johns genuinely, generally sticks to landing on most of his works. Mm-hmm. But he sticks the landing in a way that is both inspirational and, um, you know, reaffirming of your loving comic books. Superheroes are superheroes, and and you're happy when you walk away from a story, whether it's Doomsday Clock or Green Lantern Rebirth or or any of those tales. Sure. I hope that's not the path he takes in in this book. I hope that the ending... Super dark? (laughs) I hope he goes dark with it. I mean, I I hope he doesn't betray the feeling that this story has had thus far. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about this when Tom Taylor did Deceased, that the ending had a had too much hope to it, given that the preceding issues did not. Sure. This feels like it's building up to to a rather bittersweet or perhaps even traumatizing ending. And I feel like if it came out of it and everything was okay, that no character left damaged um, or more damaged than they went in, I feel like that would betray the story that he's that he's telling thus far. I, I do feel like it's got to ha- it's got to have stakes at least as high as Killing Joke mm-hmm. or Death of the Family, right? You know, it, this being a triptych, yeah. you know, this is the third book in that trilogy. Essentially, um, they've got to do something that is at least as landmark, that is at least as lasting, and is at least as iconic. So, yeah, I think something's got to happen there. You know, one bit of uh, the visual storytelling that I really admired in this book was when Batman visits Blackgate Prison, mm-hmm. and he is walking down through the cell block, and you see the prisoners have got their hands through the bar, you know, on the bars, you know, they'll wait and see who's coming, and the minute they realize it's Batman, you see their hands pull back. You know, you see Rupert Thorne, yeah, well you know, at hands there, and then you know he pulls back when the shadow of the bat crosses over the same thing with you know alexander sartorius and you're like god you know it reminds me so much of rorschach when rorschach was in the was in jail Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about some of the some of the watchman visuals and this felt very much like that i i honestly i feel like you know this is two superstars working at the at the top of their game I, i i I am really happy with how well done issue two was. Yeah, it wasn't quite the you know the punch in the gut that issue one was, 
but it was good in different ways, right? Yeah. It was good, you know, in the in the in the horror aspect, in the creepy aspect, in the storytelling aspect. Whereas the first one had a bit more of a a shock and a sadness value to it. This, the, but this was good in a different way. And I gotta say, I think Batgirl's my favorite character in, in these in both of these books. I'm really enjoying the screen time Batgirl's getting. Yeah, she's definitely you know a, a, a nicely fleshed out character in this. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're giving her a more as much spotlight or an appropriate amount of spotlight compared to Batman and Jason Todd. Yeah, yeah, Elmer agrees with you. I, I think you might be be hearing his barking in the background. Oh, Elmer, <laughs> <laughs> he's just yeah, mad this at me. Is, this is a great book. I am super eager for issue number three. Paul, do we know when the third issue is coming out? Uh, well, I mean, it's done, so I'm assuming it comes out in October. Oh, Probably late exciting. October, I would think. Probably, like, towards Halloween time frame. Very exciting. Are they going to come out with some nifty three Jokers uh, playing cards? Ah, oh, that would be nice, right? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that should be a thing. Do it. Do it, DC. Get on that, Paul. Get on that. Oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to make <laughs> playing cards, but I will try. <laughs> Google it. I'll get right on it. Get on the gurgle. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, we want to know what you thought about Batman Three Jokers. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, Paul, hey, we'll we'll uh, get together and chat probably with Wayne next time. You never know. We could surprise you with some Wayne. Well, just like Three Jokers, <laughs> we lose a person with every issue. <laughs> so when we get to Three Jokers Part 3, oh, I think dear. the question is, will it be Aaron or will it be me? Mm. Well, I do think we can promise you that next week we will be talking... Well, I shouldn't promise it. I think we can say that <laughs> next week we will probably be talking about Batman issue 100 uh, since we're talking about Joker and that the conclusion of the Joker war. Should be interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Should be. I mean, literally, it should be. I mean, you're paying money for it. So, you know, it, uh, it, uh, they owe it to you for it to be interesting. To be, to be of interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.